You are listening to Particular Pilgrims, stories from Reformed Baptist history with commentary. I'm your host, Ron Miller, pastor of Covenant Baptist Church of Clarksville, Tennessee, and a longtime student and collector of Particular Baptist history. We're on the Man of God Network, brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. Today, I want to begin to introduce you to Hansard Knowles, one of the major leaders of the Particular Baptists in the 17th century. His lengthy life and ministry are full of interesting tales and useful lessons. One of the ways we know about his life is rather unusual, because Knowles wrote an autobiographical summary of his life. Self-written biographical material is scarce among Baptists of the time, of course. The reasons for this probably should include their humility, busy schedules, and the frequent difficulty dissenters had in getting things published. But at a time when Knowles thought his life might be ending, he wrote a short summary of it to display the glories of God's grace to him. About 20 years later, when he did die, the manuscript came into the hands of William Kiffin, who saw it through to publication. This short work was reprinted occasionally, and my copy comes from a London edition of 1812. Its lengthy title is as follows. The Life and Death of That Old Disciple of Jesus Christ and Eminent Minister of the Gospel, Mr. Hansard Knowles, who died in the 93rd year of his age. And as title pages did in those days, it continued on. Written with his own hand to the year 1672 and continued in general in an epistle by William Kiffin to which is added his last legacy to the church. Whew! Now, before we learn more about Knowles, there are several things that this book title brings up which we need to discuss. The first is his name. In our home, we name our beloved dogs after signers of the 1689. We have had a Kiffin and a Keech. We currently have Gifford, an English Mastiff, and a miniature Dachshund named Hansard. People routinely ask where that name comes from, and here is that story. In 17th century England, it is estimated that the first names John, Thomas, William, Richard, and Robert accounted for 70% of all male first names. In fact, almost one-third of all men in England during this time were named John. Hansard is therefore obviously unusual, not just to our ear, but in his own day. So where did this name come from? Well, it turns out that Hansard was his mother's maiden name. Hansard sounds like a last name, and it is. While unusual, it was not unheard of at the time to use an ancestral last name as a first name. Another famous example of this occurred in colonial Massachusetts in 1663, when the Reverend Increase Mather's son was given a first name, following his mother's illustrious family, the Cottons, hence the name Cotton Mather. Coincidentally, Cotton Mather included Hansard Knowles in his writing, calling him, quote, a godly Anabaptist. 
Now, what about Hansard's last name, Knowles? Like many names of the day, it was spelled in numerous ways. Spelling wasn't generally standardized as we think of it today. So William Kiffin spelled his name K-I-F-F-I-N occasionally, and much more frequently K-I-F-F-E-N. Likewise, Knowles is sometimes spelled K-N-O-W-L-E-S, and other times Y-S, and other times I-S. But in every instance I have seen, it begins with the letter K. The debated question of his last name is, of course, how to pronounce it. I've been saying Knowles, as it seems to be the most commonly used in our circles, but it's by no means certain how we ought to say it. If you check English ways of pronouncing that name even today, some say Knowles and others Nalis. That is, they speak the last vowel, whether it's a Y, an E, as common today, or I. But there's more. Almost all words beginning with K-N in older English, such as knob, knot, knight, knife, or in this case, Knowles, were once pronounced with the leading K. So knife was knife. King Arthur had knights. Years ago, at a Mayflower exhibition, I was told that the ship's crew measured in knots, not in knots. <laughs> it was around Nollis's, or is it Knowles, time that this initial K sound began to be dropped in these words but it tends to linger in formal names and even remains today in a few. President Trump's wife's middle name has a pronounced initial letter K in front of an N. So was Noel's name pronounced Canales in his day? As best I can tell, that is the most likely case. But of course, we aren't sure, and for myself, I plan to continue to follow the commonly used enunciation, just so people know who I'm talking about. Now, there's one last item from this book title that we need to discuss. It plainly states that Canales, or Knowles, died in the 93rd year of his age. Since his death was in 1691, this makes his birth date about 1598. An old disciple of Jesus Christ, indeed. But there are reasons to think that his death age is a mistake. Of course, Hansard didn't write this title. He was gone. But clearly, William Kiffin thought that his good friend, whom he had known in particular Baptist circles for almost 50 years, was 93 when he died. Is it possible that he could get such a thing wrong? Is that reasonable? Well, I think it is because there is strong supportive evidence from multiple sources pointing to a Knowles birth of 1609, 10 years after the generally accepted number. This would have made him 83 at his death, surely still an ancient disciple. First, while his birth date is unrecorded, his infant baptism record has been found in the Cockwell Parish 
of northeast England where his father was the minister when he was born. It dates his baptism at November 13, 1609. The usual practice would have been a baptism a few days after birth in the early 1600s. So to think that he was 10 or 11 at his baptism, especially with his father as the minister, would have been quite unusual. unusual. In fact, almost unthinkable. Secondly, Knowles matriculated at Cambridge University in 1627 or perhaps 1629. Entering at 18 would have been more typical than at 28. There is a related record that says Knowles was ordained a deacon and then a priest in 1629 into the state church. Again, an earlier age makes more sense. But a third piece of evidence comes from closer to Knowles himself. In a work entitled, The Parable of the Kingdom of Heaven Expounded, his portrait is included in the front of the book. This is the only known picture of him and is the one routinely copied in all modern reprints. Under the portrait is this inscription, Hansard Knowles, aged 67. Now the book was printed in 1674 or possibly in today's um, way of stating years, 1675. And if he was born in 1609, he would have been in his 67th year at that time. A more detailed discussion of his probable birth date and therefore his age at death can be found in Dennis Buston's 2006 biographical study of Knowles entitled Paradox and Perseverance. I highly recommend it. Now, if this episode seems to consist mostly in rabbit trails, why, Pastor Ron, you've really not told us anything much about the life or ministry of this man. If you haven't had your fill of particular Baptist history in these last few minutes, I hope you will reconsider this. One of the best things we can do as aspiring Christian historians is to be aware of the distance that separates us from what we are studying. It's easy to forget the great changes that have taken place in culture and language, and it's good to have a proper critical mind when it comes to reading what would seem to be a primary source. I mean, these men surely tried to be honest when they wrote their accounts, but that doesn't mean they didn't make mistakes. All one needs to do to prove this is to read the Baptist history accounts of Thomas Crosby from the 1740s. He knew many of the men he wrote about, and yet it's clear that in his accounts, while there is a lot of accuracy, it is also mixed with a good dose of incompleteness and even downright error. These early studies are helpful sources, but only if they're read with a critical eye to both confirming the facts and re-examining their interpretations. Neither of those are infallible, of course. We have nothing to fear as Christians in pursuing accurate history. Well, thank you for listening today. This is Ron the Baptist wishing you grace and peace. Thank you.